This time I didn't drop my fan. Oh. Oh, am I am I doing the introduction? Okay, hello. I'm gonna make you do it. Well, you should have said. Hello and welcome to the cup, the currently unnamed podcast where we're always ready to spill and the tea is sometimes warm. I fucked it up. And come to us first. We're where you can come to us for the tea and it's sometimes warm. <laughs> and I'm a contestant on Drag Race Down Under and also a mad scientist, Dr. Spanky and Furter. Eris Envy, your punk rock Harry Mary. Um, drinking what is left of my <sighs> Pepsi Max because she's trying to keep the calories down today. And we've got three episodes to film. Mm, we sure do. And I'm Logan Murphy, A Say Something Gay. Gay, here with more coffee because we've got three episodes to film. <laughs> and whose fault is that? Oh, it's Eris's. Eris <laughs> For once, it's not my fault. It's actually Eris's. <laughs> We are we are at episode six of Drag Race Down Under. Six episodes. This was an episode of television. Yeah, this was. I have to say, this is probably the weakest episode of the season so far, in my opinion. And you want to know why I think that is? There's no Mini Cooper. No Mini Cooper. Or her um, persona that I gave her last week, Minty Cooter. Minty Cooter. There's also um, an absence of Yuri Guy. Mm, let's talk about that because we walk into the workroom and Yuri is gone. And, and I'm not for sad about it. I know. And yeah. I'm sad about it, but you know who was more sad? Spanky. Spanky was her and upset. Yeah. I have noticed a trend and we'll discuss this. Um, we'll discuss this later in the episode, but Spanky seems to befriend people and we get to see that they're their friend. Right before they go home. It's the Spanky Jackson curse. Mini like, Cooper, if you fight her, you go home. Spanky Jackson, you make friends with her, you go home. With the exception well, of, like, it was fighting with Mini Cooper until Mini Cooper went home, and now it's befriending Spanky Jackson. And I know we got to see, like, a long character arc of Spanky and Yeri being friends. Yeah. But, um, like, from the most part, like, I felt like we got to see her be friends with Foe right before Foe went, and then she yeah. literally sent Foe home. I went yeah. You know, I don't have time to analyze the whole season. The second, how could you forget who went home on the second episode, Aris? It's no, I, I remember. Five. Five. Oh. It just—it was an excuse for me to say Aubrey. Five. Oh, I don't have much. Oh my god! In two that. weeks, we probably get to talk again about Aubrey. Hi. Um. But yes, Spanky is incredibly upset about Yuri going home. She's she's distraught. She's like, she just like, no one really believed in her. And like, I believed in her. And she's just like a great drag queen. Sad. Or no, she Spanky kept using he. I was like, pronouns or whatever. But like, Spanky was like, he's a really good kid. I'm like... Aww. Okay, Spanky, go off. That go off. Kind of go off, Dad. Pop off, Ate. No, pop off, Father. <laughs> um, 
yeah, we we go back into the workroom the next day and we get kind of what is then the resolution of Queen and Beverly's situation from the last episode, which I would like to emphasize, we were not shit-talking Queen. Some people may have taken it a different way. All that we were saying in the last episode, go check it out, is that the drama was boring. We're not talking about Queen. We're mostly talking about Beverly's involvement in the drama because it seemed forced. And it's always Beverly that seems to be in the drama. And I was no in no way, because there was a comment made, but I yeah. was in no way trying to dissent on Queen's feelings or Queen's position or make yeah. Queen have to be the matronly figure because of her ethnicity. What I simply meant is that Queen has been sort of the main character of the group, almost, if you will. And it was weird to see her take such a different energy into this episode. And then we talked about Queen's mental state. But like as I said, nothing was said with the intent of dissenting on Queen's actual personality. Just the character that is presented on this semi-fictionalized reality television show about people in costumes. There that. Um, but yeah, so Queen comes in and she's apologetic to the group. She makes it very clear in confessionals that she's not apologizing to Beverly. Um, but she's like, I just wasn't in the right headspace last week. Um, it was a very weird sort of situation. I don't know what really happened but I wanted to apologize to the group. And then in confessional, she's also saying how she is struggling to find space for Beverly, which I thought was a really interesting way of like talking about the situation at hand. And we'll talk more about where Bev was at in relation to the Queens as we move through the episode. But I mean, I don't think Beverly looked very good coming out of that argument last week. And she does directly apologize to Queen for what happened in that episode. So I'm at least happy that we got a little bit of that resolution. But Queen is still kind of struggling because she knows Bev outside of this. Um, And so it's it's just one of those things. Um, But yeah, that's a thing. Yeah, it was... I mean, there's a lot that happens this episode, especially in talked involving Bev, that needs to kind of be discussed because I feel like Bev is kind of being put in the outsider position here. And yeah. that's probably explaining her interactions with the Queens. And honestly, I felt that same way with Minnie. Like, Minnie was kind of isolated from the group. And we get to, we kind of saw that. And that's kind of how everyone interacts with them. I don't know. I want to like this cast a lot, but I'm just. I mean, I think it's Bev Bev said this now, but Bev said everyone is now on really good terms and they're all very close, which is great. But just watching this season, the cast chemistry has just been a little bit awkward. And it's just... Eh, it's not made it's for the most excellent TV. But I tell you what, it's got better cast chemistry, chemistry than season one. Yes. There was a comment that I meant to pull up that gave a lot of insight because specifically we were talking about Spanky's look last week and how it looked a little, um, it was like a little like droopy and like Mm. the fit was weird. Someone 
I'm gonna find it and we can continue on. But um, someone made a comment on our video oh, yes, talking about it. Um, but so anyway, we move along from that. Uh, we walk into the workroom. We're already in the workroom. RuPaul walks into the workroom in a very nice suit. I thought Ru looked great in this episode. Agreed. Um, I think Ru looked lovely, gal. But, um, but yeah, so we find out that the maxi challenge for the week is hometown honeys. You have to make a tourism commercial for your hometown, or in some people's case, a fictional island off the coast of Australia and New Zealand. I'm so sorry, Aotearoa. Um, you, we'll, 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 we'll talk about it. So, I want to highlight this comment. I just found it from Grant. So, thank you, Grant, for the comment. Saying, I can explain why our, why our Down Under girls have occasional loose-fitting costumes. I know because it happened on the Red for Filth runway. I made many. Down Under was cast last year while New South Wales and Australia and Auckland, New Zealand were in strict, almost Chinese-style lockdown. Our respective governments paid us to stay home apart for four essential reasons. One of those essential reasons was takeaway food. The other was alcohol. Needless to say, by December, when people like me started making costumes, we were working on fuller than normal body weight. Most Australians and New Zealanders stacked on a lot of weight during the extended lockdown. I did too, so I understand. Same. Melbourne, Australia was in strict lockdown for 279 days, more than any other place on earth. On top of that, with the New Zealand border controls during COVID, they all spent 10 days in quarantine hotel rooms where you were locked in the room alone the entire time. Only food was what was selected for you and you often didn't feel like eating. I know that fact. I know that I've done the two-week hotel quarantine. It's like a comfy prison cell. I'd say add the stress during filming, and they all lost weight from first-made costumes to the actual runway. You also touch on this lockdown as the reason for no other people on set this season. That is most definitely why there are no guest judges. Filming was in January, just as Omicron COVID finally hit Auckland as borders opened. I think the production was aware of this, so they didn't read hard anyone's outfits for not fitting. COVID prevention till vaccination was a very tough time down under, but collectively we all saved tens of thousands of lives by doing it. Uh, so please forgive any costumes made first last year for being a bit large. So first mm -hmm. of all, thank you for making that beautiful look for many. Uh, yes, that was like my favorite look of that runway, I believe. One of my favorites, for sure. It makes sense. Everything makes sense, because I was not aware of the... I was aware of the lockdown situation in Australia and New Zealand, as I have friends who live there, so like I do understand the but situation. But we just didn't... I don't think we took into account... The magnitude. Think, yeah, the magnitude of it. And also yeah. probably didn't consider the fact that you know, how much weight people gained and then also lost throughout lockdown and coming out of lockdown. Yeah, um, yeah so I that makes a lot more sense now. So that's like the fact, that, the fact that this season is even happening, like, mm. we love it. And that also does explain a bit, too, to, like, the cast dynamic. Because everyone was just coming out of lockdown having not interacted with other drag queens in a very long time. So that makes a lot of sense now that I, like have all of that context. So thank you again, Grant, for all that context. Sincerely, we appreciate it. So, tourism challenge. I love this kind of challenge, and I like this sort of spin. It's been done before, and I I can't remember. Digress Espana? 
It was Espana, thank you. Um, my initial thought was it was kind of a bit different, but the perfume challenge on season five of US. That's where my mind went immediately. But yes, Espana season two, they did the... The video tourism. branding challenges. The video branding challenge. Do you like this kind of challenge, Eris? How do you feel about like the, the commercial challenge as a whole? I tend to like the commercial challenges. I think my favorites are probably from season 12 and season 13 of Drag Race US. Because I think those are really good branding challenges, in my opinion. So the when they had to yeah. do like carbonated drinks. And oh, the, yeah, the soda. Yeah. Ruby C. Uticaan! Oh, how can I forget Uticaan? The can oh. that you lick for some reason. Yay! Oh, and then um, Simone's was the... um. Is your blood sugar low? Oh, fuck. I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I do tend to like this challenge. I'm not sure if I'm keen on this particular interpretation of the challenge. Because I don't feel like anyone sold me their hometown. I felt like Everyone sold me a night out on the hometown, and then Queen Kong sold me the darkest part of her soul. Yeah, it, yeah. I I think I agree with you. I think everyone did the brief, which the judges even talk about. Like everybody did a good job. It's just there was one person for me that sold their hometown the most, and we'll talk about who that is. Um. But yeah, I think when you think tourism, I think the easy route to go is nightlife because, you know, we're talking about drag queens. This is kind of like their forte in a way. And so I appreciated people like, um, I guess like Queen to an extent and like Hannah, who didn't necessarily focus on that, but kind of gave a more well-rounded. But... Um, there's also this, like, really emotional moment in the workroom that, for me, kind of came, like, out of nowhere. Um, where everybody's, like, supporting each other, and they're having, like, a, like, a big supportive moment, to which Spanky says, um, anytime you need me, let me know. My phone is always, okay, it's not always on. <laughs> she was so real for that. It, truly. Honestly, Spanky Jackson is so mother. I just love her. I'm really, really happy that I've kind of come full circle on Spanky because I remember at the the promo at episode one, I remember how much we were not feeling Miss Jackson. And I'm sorry, so Ms. Jackson. Happy. Sorry, Miss Jackson. But we I'm so happy that we've come full circle. Hmm. Because she is just so beyond entertaining. She's so do you know who she reminds me of, honestly? She's like if Bag of Chips had a soul, if you will. Yes. Like, the looks are always yes. there, but the character and personality is 100%. Yeah. I, I, I feel that, honestly. She gives me also, the person I went to immediately, it's a loose comparison, but I went to Jinx Monsoon. And I think I've said this before on the pod. Like, Jinx's personality and charisma and uniqueness were there on season five, and her looks weren't always... But it didn't matter because they're like Rue is just obsessed with Spanky. Oh, fully. Like, I, honestly, at this point, we'll talk about our winner picks. I honestly think Spanky is going to win the season. I honestly agree too, and I think it would be 
incredible to see that happen. To I have two know. Kiwi queens win both seasons of Down Under, I'm not mad. I'm not mad. But um, we're in the workroom, and we get a cameo Zoom Skype situation with Australian model icon Samantha Harris, who I had never heard of. Me neither, but I think she looks, she seems wonderful. She seemed perfectly lovely. And she's like there and she's like, okay, so I heard you guys have to do a branding challenge. Oh, I'm so sorry. Hold on. Branding. Branding. Check out our Philippines review. But, um, ding, ding, ding. Ding, 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 Um, And then she's like, say these words, anti-disestablishmentarianism, blah, blah, blah. And then I was like, okay, is this going to be a damn joke? And then she's like, actually giving really good advice. And I was like, okay, work. She was like, look to the camera. Eye contact is like the number one thing. Bless you. Um, you. She was like, eye contact's the number one thing. And I was like, wait, this is actually like really good advice. Like, what the hell? Okay, work, Diva. Um, So yeah, I thought she was perfectly lovely and wonderful and whatever. Um, And Rue comes into the workroom and basically just tells everyone that they need to stick to their brand. Yeah. She's like, Spanky, what do I think of when I think of Spanky Jackson? And she's like, a whore. And Rue was like, yes. Correct. Because Spanky had a whole other concept, apparently, for what she wanted to do, which we were not made aware of, I don't think. Um, And then ends up doing a completely different thing. And then we come to find out when we go to filming that Queen also had a different concept and scrapped it. And I guess Bev also had a different concept and kind of scratched it. So whatever they were going for was not what the assignment was. I don't know, because it was so weird, because it was like, brand your hometown, but make it about you. And it's... Yeah, and then some people didn't even do their hometown. Some some people just did where they did drag, which to be fair, I think I would probably go with York if I had to do this, even though I'm originally from Leeds. Sure, yeah. No, that makes more sense. I mean, I could get so much out of York because York is like Europe's most haunted city. Oh, T. Yeah, you could. Yeah. yeah. I feel like this goes back to like the the first episode, like double runway challenges we get sometimes, like especially on the UK where it's like hometown. But like, what do you consider your hometown? Like where you do drag, where you were born, where you currently live. It's an open ended question because I mean, if I got Kellington, best believe I'm going to be stuck making a dress out of carrots because that's all there fucking is. That would be fierce though. I'm just like, yes. I'm serving you carrot couture, honey. Yes, God, mama. Um, but yeah, so then Rue is telling Beverly that she needs to dig deeper. And Bev just kind of has this like full moment where she's like, I just don't know what they want anymore. And I agree. I don't know what they want. And then proceeds to not be herself in her commercial. She we'll decides t- to be the lesbian sister of the Irwin siblings. Uh, we'll talk more about it because I was confused and bewildered. But then, like Hannah and Hannah and Queen are kind of like coming for her a little bit in this moment. Not as much as Hannah does later, but um, Bev is kind of just like off in a corner, just like being emotional. And I did love that Spanky went over and was like, "Who fucking cares? Like you're fierce." 
Banku was very real for that, and I enjoyed. I loved that from Spinky, honestly. Um, yeah, so we go to the... What has made me like Spanky a lot is seeing the way she interacts with other queens. She's honestly, I'm getting a miscongeniality figure from her that I was, I was possibly thinking Queen Kong could fit into that role, but honestly, now I'm thinking it's Spanky. I feel like we could potentially get our first winner who's also miscongeniality. Honestly, like I could see it, but um, we go to the filming of the commercials with Michelle Visage, of course, and Suzanne Paul, who was on the commercial okay. challenge for season one as well. Um, TV commercial royalty Love in that. Australia. Great comments. When she looked at I didn't at know Spanky. she's English. She's English. She is English. I Googled it. She's English. Oh. English born. Well, that's good for her. Um, I, there's not much from the filming of the commercials that I want to talk about other really than Suzanne Paul. Um, when she looked at Spanky Jackson and was like, your catchphrase should be, it's balmy and palmy. And Spanky mm-hmm. was like, well, I had another one in sound it was in, in mind. It was like, Palmerston, Mo- Palmerston North, fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. <laughs> and Suzanne looks her dead in the eye and was like, mine's funnier. <laughs> She was so real for that. I screamed. I was just like, what is happening? I love this woman. Why wasn't she on the judging panel? Make her a judge, honestly. Like, o- honestly. Honestly, I would love to see her be a full-time judge and rotate her around with three too. people. Then. Uh, I mean, I sure. I would just, like, I and I understand the reason why there aren't any guest judges. I hope we can get ju- guest judges for season three. That's what I'm going to say. We'll I hope that we get those. Um, yeah, so we go back to the workroom. Oh, God. And I would specifically like to see D Flowers casted on season three. Sure. Sure, Jan. Sure, Jan. Um, I would also like to see Lazy Susan. That is the best drag name I've ever heard. She's the uh, producer of Art Simone's uh, Kick-Ons. Love. Yeah, she, I mean, she did the most recent episode with Art. I watched like half of it. I have been. I have said this on the pod before, but my original drag name was Susan for a Bruisin. And to this day, I wish I just stuck with it. Susan! So- Are you practicing scolding me? Yes, because imagine if I was just like, Oh, Susan! Because, oh, Eris, it doesn't sound the same. But, um, I we go... imagine, in your accent, Susan for a Bruisin. What do you Susan mean? Susan for a Bruisin. Susan! <laughs> I just lean into my southern accent. Susan! <laughs> Where it just sounds like Suzanne. Um, is that really what I sound like? No. <laughs> Okay, good. I mean, I hate my voice as it is, but... <laughs> oh, at least you don't sound like someone punched Melby in the throat. I sound like some amalgamation between a southern person and, like, Charming. a Californian. <laughs> like, and then also just gay. Um, okay. Everything is just cut with a big portion of gay. Um, so, we... Go back. It's elimination day in the workroom. 
Beverly is once again talking about how she, how she doesn't know who she is yet. And she's struggling. She's struggling real hard. She's and then... 20, she's 21. No, she's younger than me. She's got her whole life to figure herself out. And I know, for me personally, I go through an identity crisis every six months. Yeah. I mean, if you look at... If you go through, like... Well, I've archived most of my Instagram posts. But if you go through my archive posts, there's definitely, like, a waveform line of when I go between being super emo... And preppy twink, and it's just super emo, preppy twink, super emo, preppy twink. Da 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 da. Or the phase where I wore nothing but fucking overalls for ages. It's just people change and evolve. I don't feel like people, and we'll get into this on Untucked. I don't get why people need to put pressure on Beverly to figure out who she is. Mm-hmm. Like the journey to becoming a complete human being takes a lifetime. And I don't know why we need to put that on someone who is that young and expect them to know every facet of themselves for a reality TV show where every facet of yourself will never be shown, not even on the Big Brother Live feeds. Yeah. Yeah, I can only imagine what it's like being 21 on Drag Race. Like, I feel like that would just... Like, I would never... I don't even think I would go. Uh, I like. I honestly like as much as I would love to be on reality TV. I don't think I'm in any mental state even now at 25 to do that. Like I really don't. And think you're at would... the age where Leonardo DiCaprio dumps his girlfriends. I know. I would get dumped. Ugh, tragic. Um, we also get a very emotional conversation with Queen talking about her sister, uh, who we lost a year into her transition. And talking about, like, the difficulties that she had with her transition, like, not being able to wear um, the clothing of the gender that she identified as while at home. And how she really did a lot of her transition away from the family. And Queen just, like, lamenting about how she wishes she could have been there for her more, and, like, they could have been a fabulous drag duo, and I I felt for Queen in this moment. It was very heartbreaking. Yeah. Because I just know that I feel like Queen's sister probably, Queen's sister deserved to see the person that Queen became and the drag performer Queen became, and it's just heartbreaking knowing that they never got to know each other in that way because of everything that happened, and it's just it's it's tragic. Yeah. Yeah. But that that happens. And uh, let's go to the runway. Runway. Actually, I think I put the challenge looks first. So the challenge. So let's dive into these commercials. We're going to start with Queen Kong. This was rough. I didn't think it was all that bad until I watched everybody's commercials. Yeah. What it reminded me of, it reminded me of Bombay doing the makeup challenge yeah. on the most recent season of Canada's Drag Race. Yeah. It's, yeah. It just, she let, she showed a lot of her inner darkness yeah. and a lot of like, she showed a lot of her struggles in what's meant to be a challenge where we're, Hello? Sorry, Ooh. someone was like, I thought someone was knocking at the door. In a Ooh. challenge where we're supposed to be able to laugh, and it just, I wasn't able to laugh it because I know we've seen how Queen Kong has been struggling with her mental health. Yes. And it's just, it was uncomfortable. 
because I don't want to laugh at Queen's uh, mental health. I want her to... I don't know. I don't know what I'm really getting at, but I really love Queen, and I just don't think she fulfilled this challenge. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I think she, she made a commercial for a place, and, you know, she did she did the baseline of the challenge. And the place is not real. And the place is not real. Um, do I want to go to Queen Kong Island? Uh, maybe. Um... If it's like if it's like a layover before I go to like somewhere else, maybe. Um, yeah, I don't know. It was it was difficult. I I thought there were some jokes in there. I did laugh a little bit, but it was an interesting angle for her to take, and I understand it given you know the the internal dialogue that she's had throughout this season, um, and now knowing that you know, the, they came straight out of lockdown into this makes me wonder whether Queen should have waited for another season. And I'm, I love her and that's, it's no negative to her, but I'm just so curious. Because she's extremely talented and I feel like so if she came back a year later, she possibly could have won. I mean, she could still win this season. I, I still think she could win, but I, 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 I feel like she and, probably could have performed stronger. Yeah. I, yeah. I would be interested to see what she would have been like in a clearer mental space. Let's say that. But yeah, I thought overall this was fine until I saw the other commercials. Yeah. So. Spanky mother tucker in the house. This was really good. No, I'm obsessed. I, I really liked it. It it gave so mommy and Pommy. Fuck yeah! Fuck yeah! <laughs> she got the fuck yeah in there, and I am glad because then the judges were just like Michelle kept just being like, "Fuck yeah, fuck yeah!" And uh, we yeah, saw in the preview it. for next week they continue it. So she's so, for lack of a better word, she's bonga. Like I'm obsessed. I love her. The charisma is just. Losing out of her body. Like, I... Uh, it was so good. The riding the sheep it just really sold it for me. Like, it just... Uh. Hey, no, it's... It, oh, wait, actually, I think this might have been Hannah. No, huh. no I was going to say, because someone gets on a sheep and it flies off, but that was Hannah. That was so, Hannah. Yeah. Yeah, she was so good, and she really sold me on Palmerston North as, like, a shitty place to go on a night out, but to have a good time. I want to go to Palmerston North! I said I it! To I want to go to a Spanky Jackson show in a little uh, gay bar in Palmerston North, if they have any. I would love... I think there's one. I remember from her promo, she said there's one. But, yeah, I remember thought... Remember that promo look? Oh, I don't want to. We're gonna. I can forgive on. it, considering some of Spanky's runway looks now. Oh boy. Yes, I strategically chose this photo of Molly Poppins. I'm oh away. no! It was pretty bad. Yeah, I mean the bottom three were pretty clear this episode. Honestly, I think it should have been a three-way lip sync. Honestly, I would have agreed with it. I would have been Molly, more than it was fine just, with it. Molly's another one that just sold me a night out. She didn't sell me new 
Newcastle. She didn't even sell me a night out. She sold me a bus tour. She sold me a hen party party bus tour of Newcastle. Not including Newcastle. Yeah, I like that she twerked when she froze up, but other than that, I wasn't interested. And also, like, she seemed very chaotic and panicked in the actual challenge. Well, she had 16 scenes to film. Yes. So... And, um, choices. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It, it's so interesting because, like, I don't know if you remember, Eris, Molly won the first challenge. And then has yes. since just, like, faded out of the show. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if we lose Molly between now and the finale. Yeah. And it's unfortunate because I think Molly's talented and has done yes. well. Yeah. I'm just wondering if... No. No, I'm not wondering. Anyway. Hanaconda! This was so smart. This was so ridiculous and funny. Like, when the sheep flew off and then she started fighting the black swan, I was screaming. So... Hannah, Despite yeah. being, I believe, how old is Hanaconda? I'm gonna have to Google. In her thirties. Yeah. So despite being um, a millennial, Hannah has like a very Gen Z sense of humor, which is going to do her well with the fans. I will say, like yeah. it was so ridiculous and stupid, and she looks wonderful. I also love that she referred to it as Middle Perth, and uh, she. I thought that was a Hobbit. so smart. Yes. Hannah had, like, a really intelligent take on this challenge, and it really paid off. She honestly smashed this challenge, and it does not surprise me the outcome of this episode. No, I, I agree with you. I The interesting thing is, like, I, I found out from listening, actually, to Art's recap show. Go check out Art Simone's recap show. But, um, kick-ons. Um, but she was talking about the uh, commercial challenges specifically, and how, like, everything is kind of really open-ended and that they actually, I don't know if this is the case with all of the franchises, but with Down Under specifically, they actually got time to talk to the editor of the, of the commercials. Oh. And so they got to be like, this is exactly how I want things to go. And even Hannah in the filming of the commercial with Michelle and Suzanne was like, now I'm going to be fighting a giant black swan. I want it here. Yeah. And, and so, I believe it was yeah. I think it was Michelle. Michelle mentioned you were very smart because you did. You got production to do everything you needed them to do exactly as you wanted it. Yes. And we we found we found out as well from Art that um, most of the props were just like prop rentals that they brought in. But like in reference to season one specifically, they brought in like a I think it was like a tiger, or some sort of cat plush for Maxi for this challenge. Oh. Um, so it was like one of those things. Um, yeah, I thought Hannah was just so incredibly smart with this. Hannah's 31, I think, at this point now. Yeah, so a millennial. She was 30 at the time of filming. So a millennial. Um, yeah, I thought Hannah did a very really pumped well. millennial. Yes. <sighs> Let's talk about Beverly Kills, a.k.a. Cindy Irwin. 
Um, I think my favorite part of this was the bald pit crew member uh, just holding his leg for half the commercial. And the other pit crew member just looking incredibly confused the whole time. And sexy. Oh, I want both of them right now. Mm. Um, but that's beside the point. Um, yeah, this was... Bad. This was on... The level of like dress code by Ivy Winters for the glamorous girl on the go. <sighs> I I'm gonna be honest with you. I got like maybe ten seconds in, and I muted this because it was that cringe. I didn't want to watch it. Yeah, you were smart to do so. It I'm sorry, but I, I just immediately knew I was not gonna enjoy this, and I didn't. Yeah. And I can't, obviously I can't speak that much about it if I didn't watch it, but yeah, I just felt like this was a very weird way to do things, and I don't think it was the best way to handle this challenge. Yeah. In a challenge... Beverly, Beverly's from Brisbane, right? She was, so she was, I believe so, but she was doing the Gold Coast, but you would never be able to tell because she literally says GC one time. And, I, and I was like, I was like, I didn't know Gemma Collins went to Australia. Work, yeah. bitch. I don't get um, why she wouldn't do Brisbane because, like, there's that joke that you always get Brisbane, Vegas, Brisbane, Vegas, Brisbane, Vegas, and you always That's, get laid in uh, like, Yeah, that I, I don't. There's I don't so know. much potential, and I just. I yeah. okay. Here's what I will say. Her initial concept, where she was going to do. Like, um, because she talks about how the Gold Coast is, like, the L.A. of Australia. Hmm. I would have loved had she played Beverly Kills, the delusional, like, Gold Coast socialite. And then, like, our parties are, like, that SNL skit where it's, like, elegance, glamour. Like, I would have loved if she had done something like that. Agreed. Because that's still her playing Beverly Kills, but, like, this, like, 21-year-old delusional socialite. I think that would have been so smart for her to do. And instead, she plays a lesbian. Which, like, a lesbian looking for a sugar daddy and doesn't even actually play Beverly Kills. In a challenge where you're supposed to show off your hometown and show off who you are. Now, here's what I will say. If this was an improv sketch, this was great. If you look at it purely as, like, improv, at, like, one of those, like, comedy improv challenges where you have to, like, do whatever, whatever. Comedy I think she could, she could have won. <laughs> but in a tourism branding challenge? Mama, what the fuck was this? And then, at the end... The end card doesn't even say Gold Coast. Her final line is go back to Party City where you belong. I'm like, I didn't know she was from Party City. It was bad. It, I don't want to talk about it anymore because it was just, no. It was a rough week for Bad Regino. Yeah. Let's talk about the runway. Category is Swimsuit Edition. How Ooh. boring. Yeah, this was. I'm sorry. Like, this was not a good runway overall. I'm gonna be honest. But 
Let's start with Queen Kong. Yes, she's Queen Kong. Body. It took me a really long time to realize that this is supposed to be a nude illusion. It is? It's supposed to be a nude illusion. Oh, baby. So I'm not going to oh, I'm, not, I'm not going to give her shit for the nude illusion because I know it is very difficult for queens, specifically queens of color, to get uh, nude illusions that match their body. So I'm not going to comment on that specifically because I know that's very difficult. Because I just love it as if it was just like a shade of brown that's meant to be part of the bodysuit. But now that I see it as like a nude illusion. uh... If I take away my knowledge of a nude illusion, I think this is perfectly lovely. Mm. I don't understand why it looks like toilet paper. Mary. It looks like toilet paper. I'm sorry. I love Queen. But I do love the onk. The hair, on point as always. The mug, on point as always. The legs, on point as always. I love the shoe. This just isn't doing it for me, unfortunately, for Miss Queen Kong. Yes, she's Queen Kong. I See, I actually really like this. Oh, good, okay. Not Without knowing that it was supposed to be a nude illusion. The body. The, the body. body. The body. Childbearing hips, and you know she's a mother of eight. <laughs> Why? Because she stays eating. She is Octomom. <laughs> you see that hoop on her head? That's actually her cervix. That's how many children Stop she gets. Stop it, you fucking bitch. <laughs> no, but overall, I think she looks really good, and I love the shoes. I do agree with the texture of the dress being a little bit iffy. The, the texture of the white part, but I still think yeah. she looks really good, and I love the bracelets. Like, imagine this, instead of, like, the the cream and the what's supposed to be, I think, a nude illusion. Imagine if it was in, like, blue and gold. Like, imagine how, like, stunning that would look. Yes. Like, gold in the middle and then blue as, like, the, the train. Ooh. Looking like she just came out of the water. Like, like oh, that would have been so good. Um, with that being said, I think Queen looks good. I'm going to give her a 75. I'm going to give her an 80. Okay. Actually, no, I'm going to give her an 88. Why? Because it's 80 and then an 8 because she ate. Period. I have a lot to say about Spanky. Please go right ahead. From the neck down, possibly the best Spanky has ever looked. I agree. From the hairline up. Mama, what the fuck is that? I agree. I'm so frustrated because I love Spanky dearly. And every week there's just one element of her outfit that ruins the entire fucking thing. I got a close-up of this wig as I get a close-up of Spanky most weeks. This wig... This wig has this wig was cast on season one and is now living with the trauma of having survived filming of season one of Drag Race Down Under. This wig has gone ten rounds with Manny Pacquiao. This wig this wig was the wig that was on RuPaul's head when Matthew Anderson dropped a bucket of water on him. Oh. This wig when I tell this wig has seen war, this wig has seen plague, this wig has seen famine. I've just, I don't get why Spanky wore this. Like, it's just, 
yes, it's big blonde hair, but anyone, I mean, anyone has the ability to go over a wig with a comb and smooth it out just a fucking little. Because this wig, true, like, it, you can tell it's been teased and backcombed, but it hasn't been brushed out enough. And that's why when you get close, it looks thirsty and frumpy and fucked. And I'm, oh, I can't even. I know I'm getting angry and I'm getting heated, but that's because I love Spanky and I want Spanky to succeed. Like the shoes, Mama. I love the shoes and I think the bodysuit and the jacket is done really well. The I'm body. Just... Can we talk the about the body? Spanky Jackson giving you body. Body, body, body. Finally. My only, oh. only, only thing, and it takes away so much from the look, is this fried, nasty wig. Yeah. Ditto. Like, there's literally nothing else I can say about it because you <laughs> said, said so it. much. You said everything I was thinking. So, with that being said, if I gave Queen an 80, I'm going to give Spanky an 80 for the wig. I would give this probably a 90. I'm going to take 20 away for the wig. So, it's a 70. Oof. Yeah. Oh, boy. Molly Poppins. It's Molly Poppins. Rest of the verse. Yeah. Um, okay, so we got two Gold Coast meter made looks this yes. week, and I had to Google what a meter made was. Still not completely sure. It um so from what I understand, again, thank you, Art Simone. <laughs> from what I understand, Gold Coast meter maids were like supposed to be a tourism thing from like the city government of the Gold Coast being like hey, stay, like, stay at our attractions longer. Let me fill your meter for, like, um, parking and whatnot. And then apparently just, like, became a cultural institution. Um, again, I still don't really understand it. Uh, but yeah. This was fine. Yeah, so the wig is lovely. Like, if Spanky came out in this wig, oh, I would have God. given Spanky a lot more credit. Yeah. My wig? only thing, I think I would have liked this a lot more if we didn't see Beverly's afterwards. Yes. Because I think Beverly did a really good job and had a I, really interesting interpretation. I absolutely agree with you. I think so, wig, period. Legs, period. Shoes, period. Mug, as always, fabulous. The, re- the middle portion of this, basic as fuck. It is a gold lame bodysuit with a sash. That's all it is. Yeah. See, everything is done flawlessly. But I'm just bored. A little bit basic. But also, like, the theme was swimsuits. So, I mean... Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's- how much can you... Like, I just... I wish someone had just come out swimsuit, giant cape. Like, that's all I wanted from this category. Like, I wanted some sort of, like, bigger reveals. And we'll talk about Beverly. I wanted, like, I just wanted more. Yeah. I'm going to give fine. I'm gonna give Molly a 70 because she looks good. I'm just bored. I agree. I'm going to give this, because I gave um, Spanky a 70, I'm going to give Molly a 75. Anaconda. Okay, so I also have, I have a lot to say about this as well. 
Because this is probably the most inventive version of this swimsuit that we got to see on this runway. Yes. However, I hate the colors. I don't think this fits the category. You don't? No, it's bra. It's like boob situations and a panty over a turquoise bodysuit. That does not swimsuit make. I think this look is fucking amazing. I love this look. I think it's so inventive that she made the coat and like the the skirt situation out of a pool floaty. I think that's so smart. This does not fit the category for me. I also kind of wish it was in different colors. I do agree because the color coat, like, I like that shade of pink, but it doesn't go with that shade of green. I just don't think pink and green as a color scheme go well together. Is that I green? Think, I don't know what it's meant to be. But I think it's supposed green. to be like a teal or turquoise. Whatever, um, it, it's not giving. No, I wish, um, I kind of wish the, the pink situation had been like yellow. Like, I mean, back to what I was saying about Queen Kong. Imagine this, like, blue, but then with this, like, gold. Like, if everything had been, like, gold or, like, a neon yellow. And then the glasses had been neon yellow. Like, I think all of that would have tied in really nicely. But I, it's difficult for me. I think Hannah looks really good, and I really like this look. It just doesn't fit the category. So I'm also going to give her a 70. I'm going to give her... I'm gonna have to give her an 80 because I gave Mollifer Poppington a 75. Valid. Beverly Kills! This is the best version of the meter maid we got to see. And I think Beverly did the... everything she could to do to make this more interesting than just above a bra and a panty. This is the best look of the night? <laughs> Unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, I I think, I, I, I kind of feel very similarly about this that I do about Molly, and it's not just because they're the same concept. I think, I don't know what the fuck is happening with the back of her wig. That was questionable. But I think the hair is cute, the hat is cute, the body, the, the, the body situation is at least something a little bit more interesting. Um, mm. I liked the coin detailing. I thought that was really smart and kind of elevated it a little bit. I would, um, just a second, but I hope that in the finale we get to do what we're going to do for Canada's Drag Race, where we go back and look in some of the unseen looks of the season. I plan on it, yeah. Because this is kind of unrelated, because I was trying to see if Minnie had posted what she had worn for this, what she would have worn for this challenge yet, and I've yeah. not found it. Um, if I do find it, I'll say something. Yeah. But I remember what Minnie was going to wear for chains, belts, and buckles. Because uh, it's so fucking cool, and I yeah. like. We need time to talk about that. I agree. But um, going back to Beveridgeino, yeah, I think this is possibly the best look of the runway. Um, I think it's, so. It's it's okay. I like. I don't know if I see Bev in blonde hair, but I'm guessing that's just a meter made thing. I think it's a meter made thing because Molly also did it, so I'm gonna yeah. assume that like that's the image that they and want to convey. Hmm. And this is a nice wig. I don't think this wig necessarily suits Bev. Like, I don't think no. I see Bev as a blonde, because to me, Bev is, like, dark, mysterious. 
Um, for me, Bev is like the hair that she wore for her entrance, like the black ponytail. Like that's what yeah. I think of when I think black. Or like I, do, I do appreciate that she did blonde. She did something different. I don't think we've seen her in blonde hair this season, so I do appreciate that. But yeah, I'm gonna give Bev an 81 <laughs> because I gave Spanky and Queen an 80. I'm gonna give her an 85. That's fair. And we agreed Bev had the best had the best runway. Yeah. I guess, yeah. She had the most acceptable runway. She had the most put together runway, let's say that. And I'll, I'll say this. This is nothing not anything to do with the contestants. It's no. not for the category itself. It's, it's just the category. A, it's a way too simple category. It reminds me of like the things they'd ask you to bring on, like, season two of Drag Race. I thought the same fucking thing because every week of season two was, like, signature drag, show-stopping drag, best drag, um, award show drag. It's, like, it felt, this, like, honestly, a lot of the runway categories this season have felt like that. Like, I even felt similarly to that with, like, belt buckles and chains. I'm like, that's so generic. No, I like belt buckles and chains, but that's just because I feel like I could have taken that anywhere. Sure, 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 sure. I just feel like, we I mean, we've gone through so many runway categories because, again, there are 47,000 franchises of Drag Race happening at any given time. But, okay, so we get the judges' critiques. They ask everybody who should go home and why. Everybody says Bev. Bev says Queen. And then we go to Untucked. And Bev is kind of having a moment, again, where she's like, I just don't really know who I am. I don't know what they want. And Hannah... Immediately gets down her fucking guard. goes in and is like, you have a wall up. You're not being authentic. Just be who you're going to be. Just be who you're going to be. And just keeps digging in. And, like, Bev is clearly, like, having a moment where she, like, clearly wants support from everybody and it like needs that in this moment and then she starts and then she starts crying and hannah's still going in and queen beg her to stop well queen is like give her a second and hannah's like oh i'm so sorry i'm just i'm just trying to say and then bev straight up just like shut the fuck up like fuck off and I'm glad she fucking did, because there was no I need for what Hannah did. No. She really it, turned me off Hannah as, as a character. I agree. And I'm just, yeah, I'm just, I was not impressed. And frankly, if someone gets to tears and you continue, like, picking at them, fuck off. Literally. Like, that's bullying. And I don't give a fuck about whatever the rest Hannah's done this season. I was genuinely disgusted. Yeah. I completely agree. It just, like, it didn't make sense. It was confusing. It made me angry. It It made made me genuinely angry. And, I mean, Bev did tweet this. I don't remember if I said this earlier on the episode. But Bev did tweet that everyone is on good terms now. You mentioned that, And um, I hope that... I hope that Hannah apologized and they reconciled, is what I hope for. Because Hannah was very fucking wrong for this, in my opinion. I agree. So... Well, we go to the we go back to the runway. We find out that the winner of this week's challenge is Hannah Conda. I'm gonna say I, this has nothing to do with what she just did in Untucked. 
I disagree. Mm. I came out of the judging and I looked at my roommate when we were watching it together and I was like, oh, so Spanky's going to have four wins. That's honestly where I went. I honestly think Spanky had the best commercial. I'm, I honestly side with Hannah just because Hannah's humor appealed to me. And also I feel like because of the quality of Spanky's wig, they were going to have to give this to Hannah. I mean, I Michelle agree. even said it in the episode, like Spanky gets away with wearing some really hideous stuff, but yeah. she just sells it really well. Yeah. Yeah. So Hannah wins. Hannah has three wins now. Hannah technically has the best track record. So. I, I'm going to be opposite, uh, honest, following this episode, I don't want Hannah to win. I don't either. And I think she's the most likely to, but I would honestly prefer it if Spanky won. Yeah. Or Queen. Or Queen. Yeah. But speaking of Queen, we do get a bottom two of Queen Kong and Beverly Kills. I don't think I agree. I think I would have put Molly in the bottom over Queen. Mm, I don't know if I can agree. I either would have put Molly in the bottom over Queen, or like I said earlier, I would have done a bottom three lip sync. Yeah, I maybe would have done a bottom three. Because I just, I, I honestly thought they, were gonna, I thought they were going to do Battle of the Meter Maids. I'm going to be honest. That's what I thought so was going to happen. But instead we're doing Battle of the, the Drama that's been happening the last couple of episodes. And... This lip sync, we get a lip sync to The Beginning by RuPaul. One of my favorite RuPaul songs. Mm. Um, this was a really good lip sync, in my opinion. And I understand that it was 90% acrobatics. I still had a really fun time watching this lip sync. I have a lot of thoughts about this lip sync. Please share. I don't... Here's the thing. I feel like the beginning is much more mid-tempo. I don't necessarily feel the need for everyone to be doing flips, tricks, and stunts. Because it got to a point where it was just, like, a little bit crazy. And also, can we get a bigger stage for the Down Under Girls? Please. Because so many times when Bev and Queen nearly fucking ran each other over. Queen almost fell off the stage. Yes. And if those two bump into each other... Queen is going to have more momentum and force behind her. Beverly is going to, like, turn yeah. to dust if Queen Kong accidentally... I don't know what that barrel roll jump move is called, but I'm going to call it the barrel roll jump. If she does one of those... The sideways be- one or yeah. the somersault one? <laughs> the or, the, or the flip, the one-handed flip almost falling off the stage one. <laughs> I don't know. Queen I feel- has so listen, Queen. I love Queen. She has so many stunts in her that I don't even know the names or words for. But like, bitch, go off. I mean, she she's a, a dancer, so like, she's a trained dancer. Yeah. So like, a lot. I feel like a lot of that comes from like. Clearly, she's done acro dance because that's where a lot of this comes from. Um. I don't know. I still really appreciated that, like, even... I feel very similarly to this lip sync, how I feel about... Go back to season two, Morgan McMichaels versus um, Kylie Sonique. Like, I really love that lip sync because, yes, it's acrobatics. Yes, it's, like, 
doing the flips and the stunts and whatever and whatever and whatever, but there was still, like, the core of the lip sync there. And that's how I feel about this lip sync. Like, they were still lip syncing. They both did a really good job. I honestly just feel like they put Queen in the bottom to send Beverly home because yeah. I don't know if Molly could send Beverly home. Well, the producers didn't think she could. No. So, but I thought overall, I thought this was really fun. Like, yes, it was chaotic, but it was a, it was chaotic. It was a chaotic good as opposed to like chaotic evil. You know what I mean? Or like chaotic neutral. Yeah. Like, that's how I felt. I thought this was really good. So, Queen wins. We say goodbye to Beverly Kills. Oh, Beveragino. Beveragino deceased. I would have been more sad if Queen went, so I'm okay with Bev going here. Yeah. It it was Bev's time. I like Bev. I think she's a very talented queen. I'm excited for a few years from now when they do Down Under versus the World and maybe she's on and maybe she succeeds. Like, I, uh, she's got limitless potential, and I'm really excited to see what she does moving forward. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. we're in top four. Yeah, Next yeah. week is the semifinals, and it's the makeover challenge of a family. That's what it seems like. I don't know. Some of those men were very hot, so I'm excited, nonetheless. <laughs> but I just cool. hate it. I hate a makeover challenge at Final Four. I just I hate it. I never like it. The person that I like always ends up going home, and I hope that's not the case. But like, because, I mean, I can already say with confidence, Spanky is going to be in the bottom. hundred thousand percent. It's just a matter of who's in the bottom with Spanky, and who. Spanky potentially sends home. We'll see. Yeah, but... Oh, Spanky mother Tucker in the house. house. Oh, God. And with that, we've come to the end of our program. Uh, Thank you for joining us for Danunda. Bye! Bye. Buzz and buddies. Don't remember the words. We stole the interpolation from Brutal by Olivia Rodrigo. Rodrigo? Rodrigo, sorry.